This kind of got more hunched than the camel. So whether you wear those skin or flannel, this is rough and tough. Hey, Mr. D, this is all I actually afford to give you for free. As you kind of know, my time is so expensive, you gotta move around a merrily. And you got to realize, in my case, there will be no compromise. If the music make you move, kind of deep the groove. So baby, got to make you move and I will tell it to you. Can't tell you I'm already approved. Sound of coming down, so you got to sweet and do your thing as I would say. Kind of music hit your sky high, you got to come and down with me. And no matter what they ever say. Superstitious, that would tell you, baby. Never you be anxious. The brother would see never you be commissioned. Something you wanna say, but talking is my only way. And no matter what they see, these are sound of the way you may be coming down with me and let me see you swing and sway. Yeah. to end today's program. That was my favorite DJ, I, Roy, and he was chatting over the track I played last week, Isaac Hayes' song, Do Your Thing. 1973 was the original release date on that single, I, Roy, and Tougher Than Tough. Then, uh, before that, 1967, the team of Keith and Tex and their great hit tonight. That is it for today's Ride on the Morning Train. Until you join me again next Friday at 10 a.m., this is J.D. Buell saying, make it a great day for someone.
to the weekly review. It's Wednesday. Today, I believe, is the 23rd of November, 2016. Doing the show a couple days early. Usually do it on a Friday. Today, it's a Wednesday. Uh, shout out to House of Pride host uh, uh, Tweeka Turner and Pearl Tees, who are not here at the moment. And um, hopefully, we'll add some positivity here at the station in their place. Um, yeah. This is a news program, if folks haven't listened to it before. It's depressing and enraging and frustrating, as the news is, as current events are. I've been doing the show for almost three years now, and have uh, things gone downhill? Yeah, sure. Uh, but I think a lot of us have been, not necessarily prepared for it, but this, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that many folks have been talking about for a very long time, and now we see some people are waking up to it. For instance, that uh, white supremacy exists and that folks have infiltrated government and law enforcement. That's a, a big thing of the show, is talking about people in positions of power who fuck things up for the rest of us. It's a very common theme. So what we can do is talk about it, we can find solutions, we can find ways to work together. And one of my favorite things about the show is being able to talk to community organizers, activists, artists, uh, folks who are here and doing good work and surviving and finding ways to be resourceful in in the times that we live in and it's not easy there's a lot of messages we get not just from the powers that be not just from the state which are super problematic and i think the biggest problems that we have to be honest but from the media for instance which i feel is complicit i'm talking very fast i haven't even had coffee today we we get a lot of messages saying that we're not good enough that we're not okay that we need to fight one another and that's what's happening and i want to just put forth the idea that we need to attack the system and not each other and uh it's i think it's a lot easier for folks to attack one another i myself have taken part in that and I do feel the need for self-defense, of course, because we are seeing much more attacks since the election. There were some before the election of uh, white supremacists come in, coming out and attacking people of color, attacking women, attacking Muslims, uh, Jews, uh, LGBTQ folks. Um, we've, been, we've been seeing more an increase in these attacks, and those are just the reported attacks. And of course, these attacks have been happening since before. And I feel like, I, I don't want to, I know there's a phrase like Monday morning quarterbacking, but a lot of folks have been talking about, how, hey, this has been happening for a long time. We need to stop this from happening. And there's been an increase in that. So for a lot of folks, there's this idea of where have you been this entire time when we've been talking about this and lives have been being taken. And folks have, I think there's that, that natural thing. And again, I don't, I don't want to, I won't say, I am on a soapbox. I'll definitely say that for sure. But I also feel like, I don't want to discredit. I, I am a hypocrite in a lot of ways. I, I am a function of society. I, I do partake in that. The, the how it's very difficult to live in a capitalist society without, you know, we're get, we get pushed around and then we push other people around. And I myself am guilty of that as well. So I want to acknowledge that. And I am thinking about ways in which we can, you know, get out of the system. Again, we need to attack the system and not each other. And I was going to get make another point uh, before that. Um, oh yeah, there's a documentary called, first of all, if you're on Netflix and want to watch some documentaries, do that. Uh, a great one called 13th, which came out maybe about a month ago, a couple, two months ago. It's really just incredible and really very informative. And I recommend that everyone watch it. Um, talks about mass incarceration, like slavery through like mass, mass incarceration and how just ugh, ugh, this country, ugh, yeah, ugh. um, watch it, please watch it. And there's another documentary called Welcome to Lathe, and it talks about a small town in the Midwest, 
and uh, some white supremacists want to move in, and it's how the town handles it. And one of the the facts in the in the documentary was just about how Southern Poverty Law Center was were they were an organization that were interviewed, or some people from there, and they were saying how after the war on terror in 2003, a lot of the funds and the attention that used to go to monitor white supremacist groups and neo-Nazi groups in the U.S. Um, that they th- th- that funding kind of went out out the door that's not the expression out the window that's the expression or it was transferred instead to you know fight the the evildoers that's in my you can't see me but my fingers are doing quotation marks to imitate one of my least favorite people in the universe w um and now cheney's really even worse they're so ugh. and again when i came into the studio they were playing uh there was an older show i'd, I'd done uh, so that was interesting to hear that and it was from months and months ago and one of the things I was talking about was just this idea of, and that's, gosh, how self-serving am I? I'm talking, I'm quoting myself from another show. Anyway, but the point is, I think it's pretty important. Like, how can we get to a place where we don't talk shit about other people? But then I feel like when there's people in positions of power who are starting wars, unjust wars, and inciting violence, we can talk shit about them. I think that's in our right. Oh, yeah. So this documentary is just pretty much like, you know, it's the fucking neocons and like, the, there, there were people who were monitoring these hate groups, and, and that also goes into something else too, with like the FBI and COINTELPRO, and just how like they, you know, managed to like go in and infiltrate and like get get rid of the Black Panthers, which is a group that was helping people, and like other organizations that were helping people. Those are, you know, they infiltrated them and like were killing people, were members of the, those groups, and instead the KKK is still around. Like why? <sighs> So, seeing that this is something that's been going on for a very long time, and I think a lot of people are waking up to it now, and I honestly wonder um, what it would be like if uh, if Clinton, and then now there's also talking about like election fraud, and I believe the whole thing's rigged anyway, like it's not, you know, they wouldn't have let a socialist be president. That would have been nice. A communist, socialist, anarchist. Would an anarchist even run for office? Probably not. But the idea is that uh, the powers that be don't want anyone who's going to make a lot of changes. They're going to want someone who's going to, be in bed with Wall Street, who's going to start wars, who's going to continue on with the status quo and keep the wealthy people being wealthy and everyone else getting fucked, and not in a good way. It's kind of fun doing this show at night. I feel a lot more alert. <sighs> oh, yeah. So they're talking about like election fraud. And so now Jill Stein, who I'm a fan of, she she got a lot of hate. She got a lot of hate. A lot of third-party folks um, got a lot of hate. There's just so much, and that goes back to the idea that we need to attack the system and not each other. If we're really going to be in this together, and I think, I do believe there was a, the slogan was uh, stronger together, which I don't feel has been, <laughs> people haven't really been living up to that. Because if you're stronger together, you would listen to all sides on the left um, instead of, people talk so much shit about Jill Stein, it makes me so angry, so angry. And there's like all that misinformation about her being an anti-vaxxer, which isn't true. And, you know, it's like, if you weren't threatened by her, then why are you starting rumors about her? Anyway, so now she's, like, going to lead this recall, the recall voting. And so some folks who are hardcore Clinton supporters and are like, wow, Jill Stein, cool. And I'm like, yep. And I don't want to be like, told you so, but I'm also like, told you so. And also, of course, I need to say that I think the whole system's corrupt and fucked up. And no matter who you have in office, things are messed up. So we need a complete change and overhaul of the system. So I want to, like, make that clear. Um, I do feel like one can vote for one's conscience, though. No one I've ever voted for has ever been elected president. <laughs> I don't see that ever changing. My point being, oh yeah, so now folks are like, uh, so so Jill's like, yeah, let's recount these votes, <laughs> and that's great. And so there's some folks who normally would have been like, 
you know, like, oh, Jill Stein, I don't know, you know, keeping her at a distance. Or not like, oh, that's cool, because um, they recognize that, you know, she's trying to do some good overall. And I also, I want to also just totally recognize the idea for folks who feel like you, uh, Colin Kaepernick said he didn't vote with the idea that you can't vote yourself out of oppression. And I really respect that. And I I totally salute the folks who salute. That's not a word I usually use, but like recognize that where this idea that play by playing into the system, we don't leave room for, I think you can change the system on the outside. And I think that's even more important to like figure out how we can do that instead of like every two, every four years, find other ways of being that are not through the system. So I totally respect that. And I want to like acknowledge that. And also for like indigenous folks, like, yeah, you're voting for like fucking colonizers. Like what the fuck? Like why? I mean, there's, there's so much sense that goes into not wanting to support that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so Jill Stein's like, yeah, let's count these votes. And so now people who before were like, Jill Stein, or I don't know. And if you could see me, I'm like wagging my finger. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, cool. And then there's still people, some people who are like, Jill Stein, mm-mm-mm, I don't trust her. She's, I don't like her. I don't, you know, and like, it's like, what does she have to do to earn your respect? So that's going to earn, earn our first uh, musical segue into the next song that I'll be playing. I open up the show with Dream On by Aerosmith. And I feel like that was a pretty good song because that's kind of how I feel in this mood right now um, with the idea of like, dream until your dreams come true. And maybe that's like naive, but I'm also thinking about like absolute fucking revolution and people taking care of themselves. And I don't want to incriminate myself too much, but I feel like I've already done that on the show in my time here. Um, but just people really defending themselves, really, really, really defending themselves and not relying on the state to do so. And like communities looking out for each other. And I think how awesome that would be. So dream on dream until your dreams come true. Like that's fucking positive. I don't know if in the seventies Aerosmith was really thinking about in that regard, maybe they were, maybe, I don't know. Um, I also was like on an airplane recently and they had a, the in-flight magazine and had Steven Tyler on the cover. And I'm like, I, I, I like Aerosmith. I like hard rock. You know, that's cool. And it's just like, yeah, life's been pretty good. And like, he kind of mentioned his addiction issues or whatever, but he's like come out on top. He's come out. Okay. On this. If one is to judge one's quote unquote success, like what is success? That could be anything. It could be spiritual. It doesn't have to be material wealth or, you know, career achievement. It could be anything. It could be health. It could be relationship. It could be anything. Um, it could be taking down the man. That would be great. Um, and they did have a song called Eat the Rich off the Get a Grip album from 1993, so we'll give them that. But, you know, Stephen Tyler was just like, yep, things have been pretty good for me. I'm recording a solo album now. It's pretty scary, but I'm doing all right. And they had all these photos of him, and he's wearing nail polish and scarves, and he's looking pretty, pretty. And, you know, and I was thinking about that song. Like, yeah, dream on. <laughs> dream until your dreams come true. So that's something positive. And, again, I'd rather be, like, naive and, and positive and uh, be disappointed then be then be like oh all hope is lost what's the point because things are going to happen no matter what and there's an article i'm probably going to read a little bit later on that's super depressing and it's about trans rights and it's written by a an author who's preparing to move out of the country and the thing why and i don't know much about the 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 laws and the bills and part of that's maybe my own lack i don't want to use the word laziness but maybe it's also just like I disrespect a lot of the just the quote unquote justice system because I know it fucks people over and the people who wrote it are bastards. If I can use that word, can I? I can, but you know, is that really accurate? But I, I don't really trust the, the quote unquote justice system, so ugh, I'll leave it there. And I'm also just I didn't go to law school, and then maybe I'm making excuses. I am making not maybe I am making excuses for not to like learn. But but he's like you know concretely laying out examples of why with this new administration, it's going to be really difficult for trans people. If you have all these folks and I'm trans, by the way, if you didn't, if you're listening for the first time, you don't know anyway. So by, you know, by, um, uh, listing all of these different, like the people who are in positions of power and like ways, like laws they can pass to criminalize trans folks. And I've been hearing a lot of 
there's of course there's been the uptick in suicidal idea you know like i don't want to there's that fear of like i don't want to talk about something if it's going to make things worse but then also i want to recognize that it's existing and give it give it a voice and give it presence so of course within the trans community there's always been a lot not always but maybe i mean back before the fucking pilgrims invaded so before then you know things were a little bit better um but just as recent times with colonialism coming in and not wanting to accept more than two genders and even at that you know like totally dismissive of women <sighs> anyway uh, so there's like, I mean, tough times were here in the first place. And then to make things even more difficult by having this new administration coming in, that's so vehemently LGBT. And like, of course, I believe that all the folks who are really homophobic are the ones who are, who are super, you know, they, they themselves are dealing with a lot of internalized homophobia and they can't quite deal with it. And then they take it out on the folks who can accept it. And that's really problematic. Got Larry Craig. There's so many of those folks in Congress, like this really uptight anti-gay. And I'm pretty much for not outing people unless you are actively like a, like a, a religious leader and or a politician and or someone in a position of power and you're actively preaching against LGBTQ people, they should be outed immediately. Do it yesterday. Fucking gross. Disgusting. I mean, it, it's, it kills people. It literally kills people to do that, to say, oh, you can't be like this. And people think got their fucking VP who want, oh, man. Anyway. And I know the folks, I've got friends in Indiana and they're like, we're glad he's gone. I'm like, well, no, no, no. We need to like get, get him out of the country. Just leave, 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 leave. And that's me being a very that's me being very peaceful about how I honestly feel about it. Very peaceful about it. I'd love it for all these folks just to wake up tomorrow and be like, wait a second, we're oppressing people. That's wrong. That would be the most ideal situation. But until that happens, we need to defend ourselves, and we can't lose any more people. And that brings me to another idea of a, which is like the kind of people's army. And I'm not a military person. I know a lot of folks who are in the military. I don't have a lot of. Uh, I, I'm like, I'll make you guys sandwiches. I'll watch your kids. I can do some domestic work for you. Uh, I'm not really into like firing weapons or any of that stuff. Um, but in terms of like defending ourselves against folks who are trying to kill us, I think we need to start planning. We really do. And Stokely Carmichael has a great quote, uh, nonviolence only works if your uh, oppressor has a, con- or if your enemy, nonviolence only works if your enemy has a conscience. And then the following, the following part was like the, it's clear that the United States does not have a conscience. And I feel that way about some of these folks who have been elected and some of the followers, some of the people who are enacting violence, um, they don't have a conscience. They do not. The fucking, and I'll get into it, everything, the D, DAPL, the fucking pipeline, the fucking police, shit in North Dakota, and everywhere, fucking harming people. A lot of these people don't have a fucking conscience. So then what are we going to do to defend ourselves? And I've, I've lost friends over this because I have a lot of friends who are very much like nonviolence, 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 nonviolence. And I'm like, yeah, in an ideal world, absolutely. I'm totally with that. But... If people are, like, fucking firing at me, like, I need a fucking shield, and I need, I would rather be able to defend myself. So, I think it's really clear, and I think it's, we really need to, like, start talking about that. I don't know what what that's going to look like, and I know that sounds dangerous and scary, and I think it's even scarier just to, like, let it happen. And I'm not someone who's willing to let it happen. Oof. Oh. On that note, the song I was going to play for Jill Stein... Uh, it was Pet Shop Boys song. And this kind of just goes into, she's been just perceived, <laughs> I don't know, this, the transition I know was not that hot. But um, I feel like it's it's kind of just in tune with what the kind of vitriol that she's been receiving. And it makes me so angry. And I've got some Jill Stein pins and I got some Jill Stein so- signs. And it's like, I don't need to wave it in people's faces. Um, it just feels so frustrating how the left has so turned on itself. 
and especially on the progressive end too it's like the things if you're looking at the concrete issues and again more it's like party lines and again i recognize and respect folks who are in the complete anarchist like the whole system's fucked up doesn't matter what the politician says i totally get that and i agree with that as well and i think for folks who are playing within the system and want to change it from within the inside i'm gonna i'm happy to support them as well like we need people on all all hands on deck is the saying because i know a lot about ships no i don't so I, I support that. Like, I support what she was standing for, and I feel like people would get really angry. Like, de- fellow lefties get really angry if I would express my support for her. And I'm like, but things that she's the issues, the issues she's talking about, like getting rid of student, like student loan debt, like uh, get, get you know, like ending mass incarceration, like legalizing drugs, like making sure people have health care. Like, how is that problematic? How are you gonna get angry at me for supporting these things? Like, completely you know, LGBTQ rights, all that stuff. How? How how was that wrong? <sighs> anyway, this song goes out to her. It was written before she was uh I don't know how long she's been a doctor to be honest, but and it's probably not what the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield had in mind, but here we go.
welcome back. Um, got some pretty terrible news during that song. Uh, so our friend posted that a trans woman uh, took her own life tonight. And apparently Trump supporters are flooding her suicide note post with hate-filled comments. So all the more reason to start our fucking army and get rid of these people. I am so serious. Um, how, I mean, talk about not having a conscience. Talk about not having a conscience. <sighs> Fuck. I'm uh, just enraged. Totally enraged. And I think about, I'm not going to read the other piece I was going to talk about that talks about the what if, you know, for trans folks. I mean, I don't, I hate that in order to prepare, like, that it could lead to, that folks are really f- getting really scared. People are really getting scared right now. And uh, we need to fight back. Uh, makes me, my heart is fucking breaking. I'm not sure. I haven't heard the name of the person yet. I don't know if I know her or not. It doesn't matter because the fact that this is happening and continues to happen and that people have the fucking audacity to to comment on that. I mean, I would go to each one of their fucking, I mean, talk about, I mean, I don't understand how someone can just say, you know, let it go or, or try to be peaceful um, when these people are, I mean, how how dare you? How fucking dare you? Whew. A friend of mine, uh, Lauren Barton, who was on the show um, maybe last year, uh, wrote a piece recently just about how you know straight men or just cis men need to really align themselves with trans women and and the tra- and trans folks in general. And he was saying how he was surprised that um, on this this piece he wrote, which was great, um, that a lot of folks were um, commenting negatively on it, and they just still can't quite see it. They can't see these women as women. And, you know, he was startled by it. And that's something that so many folks fucking go through. Um, it's just, it's just disgusting. So then on one hand, I'm like, how do we prepare for the worst and defend ourselves against the worst all the while trying to take care of each other and recognizing that the, um, that it can spread. And then it does spread. I've lost a number of friends this year and last. And these are folks who are good people, really good people. And because of their identity, I have just fucking want revenge so badly. I want revenge so badly. I'm just feeling pretty heartbroken right now. And I'm feeling heartbroken for all the folks out there we won't hear hear about. And for the folks out there who are going to put their transition on hold. And for the folks out there who are, there's even talks of people detransitioning. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's been like. That makes me so fucking angry. And that's also, and I know it's easier said than done, but like this idea of like, if folks are going to be taking their own lives, I'd rather, you know, we need to band together and take the lives of these fucking fascists at the end of the day. If that's what it's going to come down to, if that's what it's going to come down to, then that, that has to happen. I'm just tired of this. It's been happening for far too long. And also, when we think about marginalized communities, there's so far many of us. There's so many of us. We have them outnumbered. We just need to learn how to work together and listen to each other and really think about intersectionality and how a lot of us are oppressed based on the bodies we've been born into at the end of the day. And we, a lot of it, we've got the same folks beating us down. We need to find a way to come together and fight back. And, you know, what's the saying? If not now, when? I'm just, oh. So fucking sickened by this.
sickened. I really want to, I mean, just every single person who made a fucking comment, I'm just, where is, like, who, it's like, not even like, who raised you? It's like, it's like, how does even one get to a, someone takes their own fucking life? And the thing is, it's like, it's never these, it's not like, ever these, like, super, like, right-wing politicians, it's like, it's never like the folks who are causing a lot of harm, these are like, who end up being like, maybe I shouldn't be here. It, no. I am just disgusted and really saddened by this. Really, really saddened by this. And enraged and angry. And I also feel like as someone on the transmasculine side of the spectrum, I don't really believe in gender or that I have a gender or any of that shit, but I recognize I'm viewed as masculine. And I feel like those of us who are viewed as masculine, we have a duty to fucking just bring hell. We all do. But like, there's a certain safety involved with certain folks with their with our bodies and how we can move through the world and we need to and i'm saying this for myself too need to find a way to fight back because this has to stop it has to stop fucking shit man i'm definitely not going to read that other fucking article there was an article that was posted if you're curious about it you can contact me i've shared it on one of my pages and again it's like and I, I believe in it, though. It's like, I believe people need to be prepared to, to protect themselves and to save themselves, but not everyone has the option to leave the country. So, and also, you know, if folks leave the country, then it's like people are still going to be here. It's not like, even if every single trans person, and there's 1.4 million trans adults in this country, at least, even if we all just were to get up and leave, and of course, hopefully we would take our friends and our family with us, uh, there'd still be some here. There'd be people being born every fucking day. So leaving isn't going to, it might save us in the short term, but like in the long term, Fuck. So fucking angry. I mean, I hate that it's like pushing us to be become violent to defend ourselves. That's what it's going to that's what it's that's what's going to happen. That's really what's going to happen. <sighs> Fuck. 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 I'm going to play a a nice song for this person. Um I don't again, I don't know the name yet. I don't know what music they liked. Um, what's a good, beautiful song? I also feel a lot of fucking rage. If I could play a song that would make all these people who are commenting on the post, you know, these mean people just fucking disappear, I'd 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 play that in a heartbeat. Fuck. Nothing, you know. I'm thinking of. I mean, there's some that feel alright, but. Oh. just feels really sad really fucking sad and it doesn't stop and people don't realize like how you know like it's not just the violent actions like this it's not just people being killed or killing themselves it's like the little everyday things it's still going to a place where they have two different bathrooms you can choose from even though there's a fucking toilet in both it's filling out forms where there's an M or an F it's before people are even being born people asking the, the parent uh, what, 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 what sex is a, is a kid going to be It's hard to, to tell, you know, for some of us, it's like, are we just from the future or is just everything just not fucking fast enough? What is it? Because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't make any sense. And again, it goes beyond, you know, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. 
I was thinking yesterday about things I could have, like things I wanted to do and didn't do and like not trusting my instincts and things like that. And I fucking hope I never have caused anyone so much fucking pain that some of these people are causing. Fuck. I'll do a moment of silence. I know it's radio, but you can always do a moment of silence, right? Um, all right, so here's a song I was going to play a little bit later. Um, it kind of goes on with the theme, though. It's just uh, about how it's like what causes violence, and that's fear.
and welcome back. That was Peter Gabriel with uh, Mother of Violence. Oh, fuck. 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 Well, might as well just keep rolling with the bad news. Something to prepare for. So uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, who's this uh, white nationalist, white supremacist, is coming to California. And so folks are preparing for that. Um, he's pretty ugh, gross. And I'll read a little bit about him. Uh, so, ugh, really, he's just not okay. Anti-Muslim, xenophobic, misogynist, queer and transphobic. Uh, he works for Breitbart um, and widely publishes his oppressive views. And he's planning to be at UC Berkeley on February 1st. I'm, I'm for free speech, and I'm also for not listening to fucking hate speech when people are fucking dying. Um, so in the, in the post, there's a note, and it says, note that Richard Spencer, the head of the NPI, who had their white supremacist conference in D.C. last weekend, where the crowd uh, literally, uh, they yelled, literally yelled Nazi slogans and Hitler saluted the rise of Trump, visited UC Berkeley in May of this year, and a large group of neo-Nazis rallied on campus with, surprise, police protection. Cannot fucking depend on the police. Cannot. Um, so there's an article that's on IndieBay.org. You can find more information. And so here we go. So he'll be at UC Day. I, it's like fucking reading like a fucking concert calendar. Like, where's he on tour next? Where, this, where are these fucking assholes coming? And we need to prepare and like also protect folks. So he'll be at UC Davis on uh, January 13th, UC Santa Barbara January 16th, Cal Poly SLO San Luis Obispo January 31st, UC Berkeley February 1st, UCLA February 2nd, University of San Diego on February 2nd as well. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, another friend was posting, uh, there's a comment thread again about, you know, nonviolence and and. Another friend was like arguing about, you know, burning shit down when you need to. And that's definitely where I'm leaning. And I recognize in the long run, that's like not the goal. You know, that's not for sustainable for sustainability. Violence is not not the goal. Um, And I think about what about in self-defense, though, because that's what we're coming up against. There's been too many instances so far. Um, And, you know, looking back at history, like, fuck. Looking back at history. You know, you, you can't be like, hey, let's let's have a chat here. If people aren't willing to fucking chat, if people already have their fucking guns drawn, how do we how do we respond to that nonviolently? And I'm all open for ideas. If you want to call in, four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Again, recording this uh, Wednesday, November twenty third. So if you're listening right now, then you can call in. You can also call in even if it's not then, but you'll just talk to someone who's not me, most likely. Fuck. Anyway, that's the that's the theme of the day. Is fuck. What are we gonna do? How are we going to plan? So fucking upset about this. Ugh. I mean, that's the thing is like other people are also waking up to it too. People are being like, oh yeah, there's a lot of shit happening. So that's, that's good. Um, I'm going to turn my attention to North Dakota with the Dakota Access Pipeline. We've talking about, talking about that for a few months now here. More and more people have gone out there to protest. The fucking police are, and military forces are, severely injuring people. And I'm going to play an interview that was on Democracy Now! with uh, the father of this woman, uh, Sophia Wolanski, who's um, <coughs> um, actually her sister is a friend of a friend of mine. And, you know, even it's a, it's a thing, too. It's like even if, you know, we're not connected, it's still we're connected. But it, it makes it that much 
It shouldn't fucking even matter who knows who. It really shouldn't. It's a human fucking being. Um, so she was someone who was there. <coughs> nonviolent. Again, see, that's the thing. It's like they're being nonviolent and they're still fucking attacked. And it's not like, oh, oops, I accidentally fired my fucking weaponry at you. It's like these fucking cops were aiming and they're doing it on purpose and then they're taking pleasure in it. These are fucking sociopaths. We need to defend ourselves. So here's an interview on Democracy Now! <coughs> Excuse me, uh, with her father. I'm filling in for Amy Goodman. She's on assignment and will be back on Monday. In Minneapolis, 21-year-old activist Sofia Walensky has been undergoing a series of surgeries after reportedly being hit by a concussion grenade during the police attack against water protectors fighting the $3.8 billion Dakota Access Pipeline in North Dakota Sunday night. The Standing Rock Medic and Healer Council says 300 people were hurt in the attack, with the injuries including hypothermia from being sprayed by water cannons in sub-freezing temperatures, seizures, loss of consciousness and impaired vision as a result of being shot by a rubber bullet in the face. On Sunday night, Sofia Walensky was evacuated and airlifted to a Minneapolis hospital after suffering a critical injury to her left arm. Photos show parts of Sofia's left arm nearly blown away, with her arteries, muscle and bone exposed. A warning to our TV audiences, these photos are graphic. This is Army veteran Brandy King of the Fort Belknap Reservation, who held helped transport Sophia after she was injured. King served in the U.S. Army for eight years, including in a combat tour in Mosul, Iraq. I can't even explain to you how that felt, because you don't really—I guess you don't expect those kind of wounds happening when, when they're not in combat. That was just—just just felt like it was a combat wound, you know? Looked like it was a combat wound. She had shrapnel wounds. She didn't have any burns. Her arm was split open. Her skin, her flesh was ripped off of her arm. Her bones were broke. The Morton County Sheriff's Department is claiming the police are not responsible for her injury and that concussion grenades were not used during the police attack. Well, for more, we're joined in Minneapolis by Sophia's father, Wayne Walensky. Mr. Walensky, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Democracy Now! Could you tell us, first off, how your daughter Sophia is now? Um, she is uh, resting, and uh, she had a second surgery yesterday, so they could try to clean out the open wound. She still has an opening from her elbow to her wrist. Um, there's no flesh there. Um, and uh, she's resting comfortably, and uh, she will have a third surgery on Friday. And, Mr. Walensky, what about your response uh, to the claims made by the Morton County Sheriff's Department that um, they were not, that the police were not responsible for the concussion grenades? Yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. Uh, apparently, they've changed their story three times since the incident occurred. Um, my daughter is very clear about the fact that she was being shot at the time. She's got bullet wounds on her body, um, and she was backing away at the time, and she was trying to reach for a shield so that the bullets wouldn't hit her at the time that uh, the uh, concussion grenade hit her in the arm and exploded. Um, Witnesses that I've spoken to said that uh, it takes seven seconds for these uh, concussion grenades to go off, 
and instead of throwing them on the ground, they pulled the plug, held them for five seconds, and threw them directly at her. So I'd say that the, the comments from the Morton County Sheriff's Department are utterly absurd and ridiculous, and not worthy of a shred of belief. And the doctors also found shrapnel in her wound? Yes, her uh, treating um, vascular surgeon um, told me after the surgery that he was—he pulled as much out as, as he thought he could, and the second day was to clean it out and make sure that they didn't leave anything in there. They try to get as—you have to get all of the debris out, otherwise you, you, you can't—all uh, the tissue will get infected and, and the whole arm will die anyway. So, yes, he, he, he pulled all the shrapnel out. Apparently, it went to pathology, so it's in the hospital records. Well, Wayne uh, Walensky, I want to ask you about the FBI agents who visited your daughter's hospital room yesterday. At least one of the FBI agents was wearing a jacket from the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Democracy Now! reached out to the FBI Tuesday, but the agency refused to comment. Can you explain what the FBI agents were doing at the hospital yesterday? Well, obviously, it was a very intrusive and uh, uh, it was a very hard time, and Sophia was being waiting to go to surgery. They're basically keeping us prisoner inside her hospital room, um, waiting for a warrant, which never came. Um, they didn't tell us what they were there for for many hours. Um, eventually, I got to speak to a supervisor and uh, learned that uh, what they were looking for were, was her clothing. And uh, I did uh, eventually consent. I had taken her clothing. Um, back to my hotel room the night before, and I did consent to give them the, the clothing eventually after talking to the supervisors. Um, I have an unwritten agreement, but I put it in writing anyway, um, that they will give me access to those materials so that I could test them as well, and that they will preserve and uh, not destroy that evidence, because I would want to see it and I would want to have it uh, forensically tested myself. And uh, very quickly before we conclude, uh, Mr. Walensky, what is it that you're demanding now? Well, what's, what I'm demanding is number one, clear that bridge, because it took many, many hours to get Sophia airlifted out of there, and there are people that are going to die there. They need to clear that bridge so that people can get to hospitals. They need to have uh, someone—the president, President Obama, has to step in there and stop this. Um, they're drilling now, even though they don't have a permit. Um, the Army Corps of Engineers has asked them to stop. The Army Corps of Engineers has said that they were not going to issue a permit until after they did further environmental studies and spoke with the tribe, and yet they go ahead and set all the drills in place and they continue. They're probably drilling under the river right now as we speak. Um, and it's a very, very dangerous situation there, and that's, that's just thing number one. Number two is they have to demilitarize the police there. There's no reason that the police should be intentionally trying to kill people, maim people. Um, and this has to stop. Well, I want to thank you very much for joining us from Minneapolis, Wayne Walensky, father of 21-year-old activist Sophia Walensky. <clears throat> All right, and welcome back. So I'm going to read a few more comments here um, from folks who are at Standing Rock. Uh, some of these have been shared. One is from a friend of mine uh, from college who's over there, and uh, another one is just a, a post that's been shared. So I wanted to... Yeah, again, all these, I mean, the fucking, I mean, this happens all the time. The police attack people, and then they twist their stories. They lie about their stories. Like, oh, no, we were being threatened. Oh, fuckers. They're dangerous. They're dangerous, and they need to be stopped. So this is from uh, Mail Hampton, and Mail writes, uh, it's M-A-I-L-E. Mail writes, everyone, I'm okay. I didn't get arrested. The cops straight up attacked us. 
use everything but live ammunition. I got shot in the kneecap, tear gassed, and sprayed with a freezing, ca- a freezing water cannon for literally just standing there with my shield. I'm looking like a weakling on crutches. These cops are attacking us for protecting this land and this water. Others were shot in the chest and in the head. The freezing water cannon has chemicals in it that is making our faces burn. If you want to really see who the police are protecting and serving, don't stop watching what's going on here in Standing Rock, please. We need people on the outside to spread these stories. We stood there with our hands up begging for peace, and we were all met with violence. And all we were met with was violence. That is the role of the state to protect uh, excuse me, to protect money and corporations by any means. But the people we are determined to defend our land and the people and the people we are determined to defend our land and the people. And we're <laughs> we are determined to defend our land and the people. Water by any means necessary. Don't pity me, I'll be fine. Spread this shit. Make people aware. I'm just gonna scroll down here. Make people aware that we are being attacked. Hashtag no fucking DAPL. Hashtag uh, mini Wiconi. That's M-N-I-W-I-C-O-N-I. Hashtag by any means necessary. So there you hear it. Fuck. Fuck. And I'm going to go down and uh, share another um, another brief snippet from another person who's there. Damn, this is from uh, Zyla uh, Larla Day. Um, so I'm going to read what what uh xylem larla has to say and uh they say hey y'all hi y'all so still no f- <sighs> you take a break this is intense all right so xylem says hi y'all still no phone lost on bridge just a few minutes on the fb before i go back to camp sorry not replying individually thanks for the love i am okay still working out of the medic yurt village in Oseti, out of the herbal red door These injuries we are seeing, they are intense. This is real. Headshots, shots to privates, targeting native people. Medic shot in their red cross like a bullseye. I sat with a native woman last night screaming in pain, and it brought up anger for me towards the people who did this. She said, no, we can't let them make us angry, and we have hate, or we turn in, and we have hate, or we turn into DAPL. We need to stay in prayer and love. I cried last night digesting it all, and so I just keep making tea and picking up trash and perpetually getting ready to take care of the next round of mace, tear gas, and rubber bullet wounds. Please call your congresspeople and Obama and raise hell. It's time to stop this. And then Xylem thanks uh, Naima Pennyman for the shower and to give thanks um, for blessing up the people with the song Love Y'all. So... Fuck. Ah, oh, jeez. And um, here's another clip I'm gonna play, and then I'll also find a number um, where you can call. Um, been doing that on the, you know, we can. I don't have a lot of faith. I mean, that's a thing too. Is if I, not I already had lost faith in the faith in the system a long time ago. Uh, but then it's like when stuff like this happens, and like, how can you fucking not step up for it? How can you not say anything about it when you're in a position of power? What do you have to fucking lose besides, I guess, your deals with the energy companies? But seriously, if all of us are, like, talking about it, if we're all saying something about it... So here's a clip. And it's getting the 
Chord's a little bit funny here, so I'm trying to get the audio in here correctly. Hold on one moment, please, while we get that all straightened out. I shouldn't say straightened out, while we get it all fixed. Working correctly? Is that terminology good? Yeah, the chord's here a little bit funny. You can hear that buzzing sound, so I'm just talking through this as we get it all set up. Morton County Commissioners had a meeting... Oh, and that's the video. So, tech issue not on our on our end for once. <laughs> um, so just stay tuned and listen to this, and it'll come through very shortly. And this is from the Iraq Veterans Morton Against County the Wars Commissioners page. had a meeting tonight, and we were able to talk with them about our concerns as veterans about the unnecessary escalation of force um, and things that are happening that are really hurting people, such as throwing concussion grenades at people. Uh, this happened where they threw a concussion and grenade and they hurt a woman named Sophia so badly it looked like she might have to lose her arm. All the flesh was lost between the elbow and the wrist here. And we asked them, you know, who's a, what authority do you have to do something about the unnecessary use of violence towards water protectors? Um, and then uh, my friend Garrett here shared his. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell him what you, what you said? Well, I explained... Uh that I was a sniper in Iraq and that I had seen brutal occupations of other countries and uh, that uh, I, I explained that in a lot of ways our police force here is so militarized that they're better equipped than my scout platoon was in Iraq and that the use of force and their tactics uh, wouldn't even be accepted by conventions of war and that uh, you know, a lot of things that gave me pride about my military service was the willingness to sacrifice myself for the betterment of my communities and the, the people that I, were, I was protecting, and that the sheriff had failed to do so, and that his his uh, leadership was shameful. It was shameful for the county, it was shameful for the state, and shameful for our country. And uh, we asked that uh, that the commission join us in asking for the resignation of the sheriff. You know, one of the things that we've noticed as veterans is that we get deployed into areas and we have to use de-escalation tactics that our own police department departments back here in the United States don't have to use. And it seems like an unnecessary escalation of violence and an over-militarized force uh, reacting to people using their constitutional rights to talk about issues that need to be handled through the courts. So that's what we brought our concerns as veterans and we also prayed with the county commissioner for Sophia, for the water protectors to ask for a de-escalation of violence that seems to be keeping on increasing from the Morton County Sheriff's Department. The county commissioners responded said they do not have jurisdiction to be able to call for the resignation of the sheriff even though they have the fiduciary responsibility over the sheriff's office. They said that we could go to the attorney general, but they said they would carry out their responsibility in reading the report from the United Nations on the document, documentation of the human rights abuses uh, conducted by the Morton County Sheriff's Department. Thanks, y'all. Okay, so more more evidence of just how fucking corrupt these militarized folks are. Um, so here's going to be a link. Here's going to be a link. <laughs> I am about 57 minutes into the show, and that's how I'm talking. 
Um, so this comes from Jane Sanders, friend of the people. And uh, there's a link, let's see, here, phone numbers um, for senators and members of Congress to contact them. That's something that people have been doing a lot, some about the uh, getting on Paul Ryan about you know, wanting to maintain the Affordable Care Act. There's been some folks who've been like into the whole let's recount the votes thing. Um, there's other folks who are, uh, oh yeah, some folks are actually calling about the the DAPL. Oh yeah, so you can go to this um, this site, and that is um, it's the house. It's the I've never been to this site before. Office of the Clerk, U.S. House of Representatives. Um, or U.S. House of Representing, if you've seen Idiocracy, which is a, a movie right before its time, talking about how everyone's getting dumber. Okay, 114th Congress. That's so old. House of Representatives for the United States, of the United States. This is from November 14th. Uh, I think it's probably still valid. Uh, if you go to clerk.house.gov forward slash member underscore info forward slash um, M-C-A-P-D-I-R dot aspx oh that's a lot i know but if you type in if you go to the office of the clerk and you can look for the house of representatives and their phone numbers they have representatives by different states and their districts and their phone numbers also their room numbers so go in and contact them let's look for some other numbers shall we while we're here um senate.gov yeah if you go to senate.gov forward slash okay this is a lot easier another one go to senate.gov forward slash senators forward slash contact again senate.gov forward slash senators forward slash contact and you can find email addresses and phone numbers where you can contact your senators tell them no DAPL and also pull off the fucking cops from killing people harming people terrible terrible news um I called Obama earlier I didn't call him I mean I did I called the office didn't really get a chance to talk to him but you know how that goes and I'll be looking for that number I posted it somewhere it's here somewhere. White House comment line. I mean, there's so much to comment on. Where do you even start? How about how about we get rid of this all altogether, peacefully? Um, so I'm currently doing that. You can also, I'm sure, I'm not sure, but like, you can also uh, find ways to to contact representatives, spread the word. I know a lot of folks are on this now, and I've it's been great seeing the momentum grow. A lot of folks have gone out there, and also just prepare for people if they do go out there. The idea is just to go out there and support. Don't do it just to be fucking cool or whatever. People are saying that Jane Fonda is going out there to serve Thanksgiving, and the whole also like that's that's tomorrow, will which will be yesterday when this show plays again on the air. I mean that whole. I mean if you can't fucking see the irony in this, that like Native Americans are being fucking attacked on this this holiday that we're that we're told from when we're kids is supposed to like celebrate you know peace, boot the you know, and it's like fucking pilgrims coming in and fucking shit up. I think last year around this time I played the clip from the Adams Family too. Adams Family Values, great movie. Um, and I'll have to post that again because it's just what they teach you in schools and it's still continuing to happen. Oh yeah. Call people in power. Jack Dalrymple. A, there's a lot of governors in this country that I, oh, so many Snyder's one. Ugh, gross, 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 gross. One of my absolute least favorites is Scott Walker in Wisconsin. He's just terrible. Anyway, blech. here's another one. Jack Dalrymple, governor of North Dakota, you can call him and give him a piece of your mind. Give him some of my some, some of my anger. Take some of my anger with you and be like, what are you doing? You can call him 701-328-2200. Again, that's that's Jackie D, the governor of North Dakota. Letting bad things happen. 701-328-2200. 
Also, the Army Corps of Engineers uh, demand to reverse the permit, and their number is 202-761-5903. Again, 202-761-5903. I'm looking at this at papermag.com, and the article is How to Support No Dapple Protesters. And that's, again, N-O-D-A-P-L, protesters, so you can find the information written if you'd like. And also, the executives, the dickheads, maybe it's an insult to dicks and an insult to heads by calling them that. Dickheads at Energy Transfer Partners, the company building the pipeline because money is more important than the fucking planet. Fucking capitalism ruins everything. Eileen Hansi is the executive vice president. His number... Oh, wait. That's not it. <laughs> There's a one, a lowercase Roman numeral one. His name is not Eileen. That was a mistake. I will accept that I made a mistake, and I apologize. His name is Lee. I'm assuming it's a he. The previous show I was listening to, I was like making a comment about how... like. Men are pretty terrible. Like someone did something wrong, and I'm like, I'm assuming it's a dude who did this, and sure enough, it was. I'm assuming this Lee is male. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm like 99% sure this Lee, who is a executive vice president of an energy corporation who's doing evil things, is male. Maybe, maybe he's really female. Maybe she's female, and that's why they're so upset, and they're and she's fucking things up. Who knows? Anyway, you can call Lee and say, listen, don't do this. Lee's number is 210. 403-6455. Again, you can call Lee, who's the Executive Vice President of Energy Transfer Partners at 210-403-6455. There's a Vice President, Glenn Emery. Glenn's number is 210-403-6762. Again, that's 210-403-6762. I feel like before I do the show, first of all, I forgot a trigger warning. Sorry. News news program. Trigger warning. Everything's terrible. People are killing each other. <sighs> Um, also, you know, grab a pen so you can like write down these things and 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 act. And that's like, an important thing too. It's um, to take action. And I recognize. I, I mean, I feel like I'm an armchair activist. Like literally, there's no, there's no, there's no arm. There's no holders. Holders. There's no armchair. There's none. There's nothing to rest my arms on on the chair I'm sitting on at the moment. But I do feel like what I'm doing right now is pretty passive. Like I'm just. Well, I guess it's good to spread information and it's good to have it in an uncensored way. It's good to have another venue for it, especially where information is, there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of false information and a lot of biased information. And of course I'm coming from a fucking biased end where I want human beings to survive. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like, I, you know, I'm like, this is what I'm doing is just, I have the time and I'm going to share this information. That's what I'm going to do. And there's a lot of ways people can, you can, you can call, you can write, you can spread the word. You can go be there in person. You can have conversations with people who might not be aware this is happening. You can shop locally. You cannot shop at all. That's a big one. Fuck. There's a lot of things we can do. And I know there's always a lot of infighting, not always, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of infighting, especially among activist communities and among the left. And there's less like, rah, 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 you can't do this. And I, I recognize I take part in that. So I'm not saying that I don't <sighs> trying really hard to not to absolve myself, but just to also recognize I can be super hypocritical. I recognize that capitalism doesn't leave a lot of room to be authentic and kind and totally sincere all hundred percent of the time. There's not a lot of leeway for that. Speaking of Lee, the next person, Michael Cliff Waters, lead analyst, 713-989-2404. I really like doing this show at night. 713-989-2404. You can also sign a petition asking the White House to stop their shit. In particular, the, the DAPL construction. They have a link to that. There's also you can donate to the Standing Rocks Health Clinic. Um, and also donate or volunteer to help the Medic and, and Healer Council. Um, up to, also, you can call. Ooh, you can call the fucking Morton County Sheriff's Department. Fuck those guys. This guy, Kyle Kirkmeyer, dickhead. 
protesting the orders he's given to use militarized force against peaceful protesters. You can call Kyle. Kyle? Hey, seriously, Kyle. 701-667-3330. Again, that's 701-667-3330. Now, we, and then a, a number for Obama if you can find it. I'm sure you should be able to find a number to reach the White House. I'll leave that up to you, faithful listeners. I'm going to find a clip from uh, uh, Von Jones, who, um, excuse me, Van, um, about, uh, where was it? I had it before. That's something that happens here. Um, yes, uh, from Van Jones, Paul's in my mispronunciation. That's okay. So this is uh, water is life, oil is death. So, uh, yeah, listen, listen to this. This is like so right on. And this it's is as it. simple as I can say it. Water is life. Oil is death. Water is oil is death. That's not hyperbole. That's not hyperbole. What is oil? Oil is some stuff that's been dead for millions and millions of years. Oil has been dead for 60 million years. Coal has been dead for 150 million years. Somebody got a brainstorm to go and dig up a bunch of dead stuff and then burn it. Burn it in their engines, burn it in their power plants. And now they're shocked. They're shocked that having pulled death out of the ground, we now have death in the lungs of our children in the forms of asthma. And we now have death on our oceans in the form of oil spills. And we now have death from the skies in the form of climate chaos. What did you think was going to happen when you started digging up all this death? What did you think was going to happen? So we stand for life. Let's power a new civilization based on the living sun, based on the living wind based on the living imagination of our children and based on the cleanliness and the purity and the sacredness of our water. Thank you very much. So awesome. It's so right on. Again, that's uh, Van Jones. Water is life and oil is death. Hashtag no DAPL. And you can find that on YouTube. Uh, and that came out on September 19th. So fuck yeah, totally right on. <sighs> I think it's time for another musical break. It's been quite a show already. It's it's interesting to do it here in the evening. Uh, usually when I do this on Fridays, it's the afternoon. I got the rest of the day ahead of me, and this is more nighttime. Um, so just kind of geared up for this. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Weekly Review with Roman, usually on Fridays from noon to 2 p.m. here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, usually you can listen to House of Pride Radio. It's an awesome show with uh, Tweeka Turner and Pearl Tees, and that's Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm already losing it. Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Listen to Mutiny Radio. You can download us on iTunes. That's pretty great. We have shows and events here every day of the week. Listen, there's a lot of good stuff. There's comedy, there's politics, there's music, uh, talk radio, opinions, non-opinions, uh, whatever. And also, if you'd like a show, come check us out. You can check out mutinyradio.fm. It's the for, uh, formerly the Pirate Cat Radio Collective Um and you can find there's there's opportunities if you would like a show, if you have something to say, and odds are you do. We have a lot of people talking a lot of shit that don't say anything important or helpful and in the world, and it's great for you to have a voice. So if you have something you might like to say, 
then come check us out. We're located on the corner of 21st and Florida here in San Francisco, a town, that fucking town, city, that vote 10% of San Franciscans voted for Trump. So that's how you know this shit's going downhill real bad, real fast. Ugh, disgusting. Super disgusting. Um, ugh, ugh, where are we? What are we doing? What music am I going to play? That's a great question. Kind of decided very last minute that I would uh, do this show both. Um, here's a bad religion. I just have a lot of bad religion songs, but you know, they're, they're punk and you know, whatever. Um, I got another one I'm going to play real soon too, but for now, here's some, here's some bad religion and then I'll get some more music for you very shortly.
Okay, that was MDC, which band's name stands for uh, Millions of Dead Cops with Born to Die. So I found out about that song very recently uh, through Green Day, of course. Uh, they performed at the AMAs, and they they changed some of the lyrics. They like covered some of that song and changed it to No Trump, No KKK, No Fascist USA. And I remember back back in the day when, in the 90s, there was some, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, and there was some... Some folks were like, oh, Green Day, you know, they're, they're from Berkeley, and they were on Lookout Records, I believe, and they had signed to, like, a major label, and there were people like, oh, sellouts, sellouts, rah, 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 and they're like, well, if we don't know, if we don't, if we don't do this, we, we won't know, and then, you know, the jury was out, or I guess the jury wasn't out, people had their opinions, whatever, and then, of course, you know, something like this happens, where they get to perform on, you know, on network fucking television, and say this, uh... And it's like, okay, well, there was, that was the fucking right decision at that time, for sure. Um, because to have access to that and to be able to speak that message, you know, fuck, good, good. And of course, people are upset about it because people are like, oh, I want to defend, you know, white supremacy. That's my voice for the folks who just need to shut the fuck up. Okay, again, going to take sides. Also, here's a, here's a news story. This is from um, Submedia an anarchist news and resistance update site. So that's have that, have what make of that, what make that what you will. This kind of goes back into the DAPL uh, news. Uh, it's a G4S van burned in solidarity with no DAPL. And a lot of this happens outside of the country. Um, we could learn perhaps. Okay. We received this anonymous, a uh, communique, communique, uh, communique this morning, uh, published as is with no corrections and the original Danish below against the pipeline and its world. Uh, on the morning of the 20th of November, we burned a G4S uh, wagon, which is a wagon, <laughs> a van, in a Nordvest Copenhagen. We did this as a gesture of complicity uh, to the spirit of the warriors defending their sacred lands against the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. With this humble action, we also want to send strength and love to all those who mourn the loss of the young warrior who died on his way to fight alongside Standing Rock. We mourn with you. No spiritual surrender. G4S is a security company with a long history of part Danish ownership, and they currently provide security for the construction of the pipeline after a series of arsons against the construction sites. We hope our message of solidarity with fire reaches you. All power to the communes. (laughs) Yeah. So occasionally when I do this show, there's fucking stories like that. I mean, and again, it's like the positive stories of the, of the people fighting back against oppression, people fighting back against really terrible things happening. But we got to keep that up. 
got to keep that up and happy to be able to provide stories like that for sure. Uh, stories of solidarity and people taking action. What would that look like? Um, what would that look like if we, we saw more of that here, you know, and we do see it, but we could use a lot more of that. There's a lot of things, proposed laws I'm not going to get into because those are fucking shitty regardless. There's also a fucking watch list for professors who are somewhat lefty. So I'm proposing a watch list for, for murderous cops. Um, Joshua Cabilio is one, and uh, Roger Morse on the SFPD. They've murdered people. I started off, uh, you know, like, I mean, if we're going to fucking name names, um, I think that's kind of important to do. And, uh, yeah, so Roger Morse uh, murdered Alex Nieto, and Joshua Cabilio murdered a 15-year-old Derek Gaines. So I want to put those names out there. If you're, if people are going to, like, create fucking websites for prof- college professors that they don't agree with because they're too quote unquote lefty or suggesting alternate points of view that I think are correct. Um, perhaps we need to put out a, uh, a list of, uh, murderous police officers, which isn't that going to be that fucking hard to find because there's a lot, well, there's a lot who are, don't go, you know, they fucking get away with it, but there's also a lot, they even get named. They even get brought to trial. More of them need to be, they all need to be. Um, So, um, my suggestion is if, you know, if they're going to name names, then we need to also name names of these murderous police officers. Um, there's another article, men witness injury at Standing Rock dispute official account. So you can also find that, um, that's on mtstandard.com. I'm going to also move around because like also just recognizing that the no DAPL is a huge story. Then also recognizing there are other things that are happening and even some positive things and some movement in some good ways. So this will go to the last thing I just said, last thing I said, the last story I was kind of talking about or mentioned. This comes to the San Francisco Examiner from Wednesday. That's today, November 23rd. Um, More black officers resigned from SFPD union over leadership's failure to address minority issues. So here we go. Here's something, some positive action happening. Uh, And they have a photo from the main entrance of the SFPD Officers Association office in San Francisco on August 31st. Uh, There was a a rally in, in Oakland by Lake Merritt last Friday. Um, and one uh, just about police brutality and many folks who have lost loved ones to police spoke. And one thing that people were bringing up, I hate the fucking, the argument that some people who defend police will say, it's like, it's a, oh, it's a few bad apples. And then you watch a video and it's like, no, they're just fucking, a lot of them are just fucking standing around. You know, you, you can't, it's not, that doesn't work. People keep on using that. <laughs> I, that wouldn't hold up in court because I'm getting super emotional. But there's this idea. The idea is that they all pay into the uh, police officers' association. Like, if you're a union, in the union, in your, blah, 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 blah. if you're in a union, you pay union dues. So even if folks, first of all, even if you're not fucking murdering people, you're also not stepping up to call out the people who are doing that. And I recognize that those folks get threatened too. But like, hello, you're, it could be your job. It is your job to serve and protect. So stand up. If people are harming people, do your job and be like, hey, my, this fellow officer is doing this. Um, that aside, they're still, even if they're like, even if they don't know about it, for instance, they're still paying dues that go to the legal fees to defend the murderous cops in the first place. So they're all being complicit in it. So this article is written by Jonah Owen Lamb, came out on November 23rd. Uh, two more black San Francisco police officers have resigned from the city's powerful police union, claiming the organization has failed to serve its minority members and continues to be a roadblock to reform and rebuilding trust with the community. The San Francisco Police Officers Association has long been a vocal and at times divisive presence in city politics. 
while it never seems to back down from a perceived threat to its members, at times its full-throated presence has ranked those standing it, uh, in its way. One of those critics, the president of the Black Officers Association, Officers for Justice, tendered her resignation last week, and on Tuesday, two more police officers, two, ah, and on Tuesday, two more office holders in that organization have followed suit. It is our hope that officers will join in solidarity in this intentional boycott to bring about the change that we so desperately need," said Sergeant Yolanda Williams, the Black Officers Association president, who was first among the three to resign. Awesome. Williams cited the union's history of failing to include minority officers in its leadership and decision-making, and its continued failure to work toward healing wounds between the community and the police department as reasons for her resigning from the union. Last week, Williams wrote that, As a dues-paying member of 27 years and a woman of color, I can no longer endure the SFPOA's exhibitions of insensitivity, narrow-mindedness, and refusal to respect other philosophical viewpoints. Nate Ballard, a representative of the union, said the organization had no comment. Fucking course they didn't. Fuckers. But last week, a POA statement on Williams' departure was sent to the San Francisco Examiner. We do not agree with many of the statements made by Yolanda Williams in her resignation letter, wrote POA President Martin Halloran in a statement. We are certain that the vast majority of our members, including officers of color, do not agree with her either. Oh, what a a fucking bunch of gaslighting dicks. Excuse me, that was my comment, not in the article. That was also not part of their statement, but, you know. Um, We are committed to diversity in our ranks. This week's resignations include Bayview Station Officer Monty Singleton, also OFJ's Vice President, and OFJ Secretary Joanne Walker, who is an officer at Park Station. Singleton told the examiner that he resigned for several reasons. The first reason was the union's continued link to former head Gary DeLangness, who in May called SFPD sergeants snitches for reporting misconduct within rank, within the rank and file. The second blow came when the union decided to chastise Colin Kaepernick, I didn't even realize they fucking did this, a quarterback of the 49ers for taking a knee during the national anthem, said Singleton. These two acts were compounded by leadership that has an unsavory fog clouding the road signs between right, wrong, and personal opinion, said Singleton. This combined with their apparent unwillingness to accept the hint of consideration for some internal improvements clearly represents the impact clearly, clearly represents an impasse in my willingness to actively be part of the POA organization at this time. Walker said she too had resigned but did not comment further. While not a member of the union since he is in a de- since he is in department management, Deputy Chief Macaulay I'm sorry, Mikhail Ali, the only department brass who is black aside from acting chief Tony Chaplin, said the union has not historically had a diverse leadership. Historically, we have seen a lack of diversity in leadership uh, in leadership of the POA, Ali told the examiner. I'm not blaming them for their lack of significant representation of women and people of color in their leadership, nor I'm uh, am I absolving them of this historical and contemporary shortcoming. What I am doing is pointing out an obvious opportunity for the current and future leadership to prioritize. Williams has been one of the most vocal public critics of the union and the role it plays inside the department and in the city's politics. After speaking at, a, at the district attorney's blue ribbon panel about, about a culture of us against them led by the union, POA leaders attacked Williams in a letter to its members. Ugh. 
In response to the union's critique of her statement, she told the examiner in February that it sends a clear message that when you go against what they believe in, you are then considered an outsider, an outcast, and they attempt to slander your name. After Williams was named in a series of racist text messages sent by a group of police, she increasingly began speaking out about the backward culture of the department, which she and others said was led by the POA. With the union's election coming up at the beginning of 2017, a leadership change could be on the horizon for the roughly 2,165 active member POA. Hmm. So, there we go. There is, there is some change afoot. So, bravo to the folks who are stepping up and stepping out of that union. And hopefully more will follow suit. Um, you know, it's, it's like a snowball. just keeps building. That's the right expression, right? Is it? It's getting late. 7.51 p.m. here, Mutiny Radio. It's a Wednesday. Perhaps you're listening on a Friday or another day in the future. But how's your day going? Is it good? Are you, have you had some good surprises? Who knows? Hopefully things are getting better. And um, the more people who take action, the better it can get, because we're not in this alone. And I think that's one thing that can be easy to forget, especially in times like these, is that we feel isolated. I can only speak for myself, but, you know, feeling isolated or feeling like, ugh. But everyone I've been fucking talking to, every single person, uh, people I know well, people I don't know well, people online, people in person, there's a lot of this uh, animosity and this fear going around, and a lot of us are feeling it. And if we can do our best to not turn on one another, which I know is already an issue. <laughs> I mean, that's capitalism. Hey, it, it kind of forces people to turn on each other. If we can really look out for each other and support one another and not take our anger out on each other and have each other's back and not snitch on each other um, and fight against the state, I think that would be totally awesome. Totally cute, you guys. I've sw- switched into my Cartman voice today. Did not see that coming. I did not. Ugh. Okay. Whew. So, <sighs> what is next? There's another story I'm going to get to. Um, I'm going to have some water first, and I think maybe play some music. Um, last week, uh, there was a, a suggestion of playing some Nine Inch Nails, and I played a song which I hadn't heard before. And they have an instrumental song uh, that I didn't get a chance to play that I wanted to play. I haven't heard it in like a long time. I liked it back when I was in high school. Will I still like it? Let's find out. This is uh, a warm place.
And I guess that's how that song ends. I didn't remember it ending like that. Which is why it's great to revisit the past, sometimes. Here are some news stories that you might not have heard, because some things aren't really, uh... uh <laughs> some things aren't shared. You know, I, I get to this place in the show where I, um... I get tired, and there's a lot happening, and um, just wanting to give as much attention to everything as possible. A young, a young person, a 15-year-old boy, was shot and killed on Monday night by the name of James Means. Um, there's a, fuck, there's a GoFundMe set up for funeral expenses for his family. Um, the person who, um, ugh, just fucking. Uh, just so terrifyingly sad. Um, just a fucking 15-year-old who was murdered. Um, so yeah, uh, his name is James Means, and looking at his photo right now, you can go to the GoFundMe page. Um, you can donate money for James's family. Fuck senseless murder so please rest in power james means and sending out a lot of love and support to james your fan your friends your family oh, oh. this shouldn't be happening this really shouldn't be happening oh, fuck so he was uh, 15 years old and he was killed on monday night um, the family's asking for anything you can give, and they also say thank you for your support, kind words and messages. Um, for anyone to have to fucking go through this, to lose a child, and um, just... Fuck. 15 years old. Just <laughs> walking around. <sighs> fuck. Fuck. We'll do another moment of silence. This is why white supremacists need to be stopped immediately. <sighs> I'm gonna shift the uh, story line. Ah, I'm kidding. It's we're at 95 minutes. 15 more minutes to go. We'll get through this. There's a few more stories I want to share. And again, talking about intersectionality, showing how we're all connected. And again, some more stories that we might not hear because the mainstream media is fixed and a lot of us have been aware of this for a very long time. And uh, there's a post that was up recently too just about how the media has been lying to people for a long time and people's lives have been ruined and taken from the, you know, like the one one, one example was the, the lie about how cannabis harms people and makes people go crazy and it's still today there are people lying about it. Or about war, trying to get people involved in war to support wars, unjust fucking wars. The media is complicit in it. We don't hear about other things like people fucking standing up. So here's one from the American Herald Tribune from November 21st. Media blackout as millions of Muslims march against ISIS and Umayyad Islam in Iraq for Arbaeen rituals. 
And again, in advance, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of these uh, names. The Iraqi city of Karbala, where the holy shrine of the third Shia Imam, a Shia Imam Imam Hussein, is located, is swarming with millions of devoted Muslims, both Shiites and Sunnis, for morning rituals marking Arbayin, known as the largest religious gathering in the world. Given the mainstream media's constant sensationalized reporting on terror of Muslims in the Western world, the utter lack of coverage of Arbayin's march on Sunday and Monday revealed the double standard that exists in reporting on peaceful Muslims. Monday marked the final day of the morning for Imam Hussein, who was martyred in a battle with the massive army of Yazid after refusing allegiance to the tyrant caliph. Yazid, the caliph of Umayyad dynasty, was promoting the same type of Islam as ISIS and Wahhabist preach today. Millions of marchers participated in the annual Arbayin procession in Karbala. The marchers are said to have come from over 60 countries, and most of them have marched all the way to Karbala from other Iraqi cities like Najaf and Baghdad in a show of devotion. Each year, Sunni Muslims and followers of other religious groups such as Christians join the journey to mourn the martyrdom of Imam Hussein. Arbayin, or mourning, is a is a Shia Muslim tradition to mark the anniversary of 7th century social justice leader Imam Hussein. Arbayin is commemorated 40 days after Ashura, the martyrdom anniversary of Imam Hussein and his companions in 680 AD. However, in light of ISIS terror attacks globally, several people took the controversial step of turning their march political in order to denounce terror in all forms. Tens of thousands of Muslims have been killed and displaced by ISIS's declared salafit, an exponentially larger number than those killed in attacks in the West. The occasion has found additional significance in recent years as it has become a rallying cry for the campaign against ISIS terrorists who have frequently targeted the pilgrims. Iraqi troops have been deployed to ensure security for the pilgrims. The northern and western parts of Iraq have been plagued by gruesome violence ever since the ISIS terrorists began a campaign of terror in the country in June of 2014. The terrorist campaign, however, has not dissuaded pilgrims from around the world from making the journey. It is noteworthy to mention the mainstream media blackout of the millions people of the millions of people marched gathering in war-torn Iraq, battling the ISIS as a clear sign of biased reporting. So, yes, don't have anything to add to that, but fuck yeah, like, and fuck the media for, you know, and that was another story that they were talking about with the, you know, the biasing, the biasing, the bias of the mainstream media with the not, not uh, just fucking fear-mongering and trying to paint all people with one brush, which is super problematic. This comes from the establishment.co, funny name I know, uh, excuse me, but, uh, the article is righteous and worth reading. Don't offer to sign up, stop the Muslim registry before it begins. And this is what a lot of folks have been saying. You know, folks are like, yeah, I'll sign up, I'll sign up. Um, how about we don't have it happen in the fucking first place? And this is um, by Josh Shah... Shahariar. Sorry, I'm mispronouncing it if I am. Josh Shahariar. Um, as the nation comes to grips with the election of Donald J. Trump as POTUS, a specter looms over Muslim Americans' heads that the Muslim registry he's promised. The, the Trump campaign and now administration have touted this as a means to fight terrorism, which is obviously fucking bullshit. Excuse me. Even as politicians and human rights and Muslim groups have called such a plan nothing short of religious discrimination. This issue isn't really about terrorism, and it's, entire, it's not entirely about religion either. 
The fact is, the overwhelming majority of Muslims in America are people of color, and racism is just as much a factor in the targeting of Muslims as religious bigotry. Otherwise, you wouldn't have people targeting Sikh Americans, mistaking them for Muslims. This is important to note because while Muslims can hide the religion, we cannot hide what we look like. And what we look like is not white. Uh, racism is just as much of a factor in targeting of Muslims as religious bigotry. If we are to stop this bigotry and racism, we must take this issue seriously. Trump repeated his promise to register Muslims almost exactly a year ago. Statements now denying, statements now denying it don't mean much, especially considering continued rhetoric suggesting anti-Muslim regulations are on the table. The latest plan seems to be to limit the entry of Muslims by restricting immigration from regions of the world where they make up a large share of the population. A recent survey on the Trump-Pence website, which was just... Okay. About what to focus on during the administration's first 100 days in office included this initiative, suspend immigration from... <laughs> from regions compromised by terrorism and where vetting cannot safely occur. And just yesterday, Chief of Staff Rance Priebus said residents of certain countries may be barred from entering the U.S. Here's an idea, and someone posted this online, being like he was joking, kind of like, hey, how do I like get out of the country asking for everyone? And I'm kind of like, why don't we get rid of the fucking white supremacists, get them out of the country instead of having the rest of us have to fucking leave. Okay, excuse me. So, all right, where was I? Da-da-da-da-da. Okay, a recent survey on the, on the their fucking website to suspend immigration from regions compromised by terrorism where vetting safe, cannot safely occur. And just yesterday, Chief of Staff Rance Priebus said that residents of certain countries may be barred from entering the U.S., which is totally fucked up if they're seeking asylum. Like, what the fuck? Fuck! Meanwhile, Trump's prominent backers are citing the internment of Japanese Americans at concentration camps across the United States during World War II as precedent for requiring Muslim Americans to register fucking dangerous like why are these people still around like seriously we need to fucking step up and get these fuckers like and by the fuckers i mean the folks making these fucking laws and promoting these ideas why are we listening to them why are we we need to fucking stop them right now excuse me all right yesterday previous said explicitly of a, of a muslim registry we're not going to rule anything out President-elect Ding Dong, excuse me, that's an insult to Ding Dong's, recent appointments to his cabinet made it even clearer the, the kind of policies he will pursue. He's already appointed Jeff Sessions a dick, um, also a proven racist, as attorney general. His main strategist, Steve Bannon, a fucking neo-fascist asshole, again, sorry, insult to assholes, uh, background is well known, and he's asked retired general Mike Flynn to be his national security advisor. This is what, I'm not even going to fucking play a clip from him, but it sounds like he's pretty much an asshole. And he's, oh, what a fuck, ugh, 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 get out, ugh, I'm not even gonna fucking play his clip because it's fucking fear-mongering bullshit. In the face of all this, many non-Muslims have vowed to register with us if Trump's plan comes to fruition. This is admirable, and Muslims appreciate each and every non-Muslim who has promised to work to ensure our safety. But in all likelihood, this action is not going to fix the problem, as others have astutely pointed out as well. To understand how a registry would play out, uh, could play out, it's instructive to look at one that's already existed, the National Security Entry Exit Registration System, or NSEERS. This initiative was established after 9-11. And that's another thing fucking too. Like the fucking Democrats, like people are like, oh my God, everything's terrible now. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck do you think has been in place for a long time or like was allowed to continue? Excuse me. That's why the system's fucked. All right. And again, I'd love to be proven wrong. I would love it. I would love everyone to be safe and we're all proven wrong. And oh, we can elect people who are going to protect us. I would love that. I would like to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, everything's great. And I'd be like, oh, I'm wrong. And everyone's safe. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. My ego, totally fine. 
I'm glad to be wrong. Love that. I would love for that to happen. Anyway, the initiative was established after this is the end Sears program system. Uh, was an established after the 9/11, with after 9/11, to protect non-Muslims from terrorism by requiring nationals of Muslim-majority countries like Iran, Iraq, Libya, Sudan, and Syria to be registered at the port of entry, fingerprinted, photographed, and interrogated. Fuck. It also required around 80,000 non-citizen men and boys, almost all Muslim and/or Arab, to register in person and subsequently be monitored. It's fucking sick. Of the 25 countries that had their immigrants targeted, only one wasn't Muslim-majority: North Korea. In the end, though, as CNN reports, and I recognize CNN's like, uh, the initiative didn't result in a single terrorism conviction. And as the American Civil Liberties Union put it, NSEERS actually made genuine efforts at trying to combat terrorism more difficult by destroying relationships with the immigrant communities and actually negatively impacting the ability of the federal government to cooperate with foreign governments in fighting terrorism. Rather than combating terrorism, the initiative just targeted and hurt Muslim communities. In fact, more than 13,000 of those who registered were placed in deportation proceedings. Fuckers. NSEERS was finally suspended in 2011 by the Obama administration, thank you, after a decade of legal challenges and outcry from communities of color. However, President Obama didn't dismantle the program entirely. He only removed the 25 countries from the list. As CNN reports, the structure to carry out NSEERS is still in place, and there's every indication that the Trump administration will revive it. NSEERS didn't just offer a precedent for what the government can do to Muslims. It also illustrates how Muslim allies have responded to such measures. There isn't a record of a single non-Muslim who deliberately signed up for NSEERS. And it's likely that even if non-Muslims did dilute the numbers by signing up for NSEERS, new programs would target Muslims simply... New programs to target Muslims simply would have been established in its place. There's also legitimate reasons why it might be difficult for non-Muslims to register for a Trump-era list, even if they'd like to. A registry may, for instance, only target first-generation immigrant Muslims, meaning American-born allies wouldn't be able to sign up. And they say 63% of American Muslims are first-generation immigrants. It's also possible... That, the, that an initiative wouldn't require physical registration at all. The unchecked powers and information gathering of the NSA and other domestic spy agencies mean it's possible for the government to use existing digital data to create a registry that might include most of us automatically. The government didn't ask people to come register for the no-fly list, and yet thousands of Muslim Americans are on it, including seven-month-old infants. What?! Oh, jeez. If a registry is established, in other words, it seems unlikely that non-Muslims will be able to do much to thwart it. This does not mean that we don't appreciate or need your support on this. But the way to fight back is not by touting future allyship. It's by nipping such measures in the bud immediately. How? We need to pressure representatives and senators from both parties directly to get concrete guarantees from the future administration that such a list would never be created. We can work toward getting a vow from President Trump that a registry would never be put on the table and that people proposing it or using the internment of Japanese Americans as precedent will not be part of the Trump administration. The president-elect must personally come forward and publicly refute this plan because, as many legal experts have pointed out, such a registry won't be against the law. Some GOP leaders, including Senator Speaker Paul Ryan, uh, have publicly opposed his good. He publicly opposed Trump's bigotry and his proposals to create religion tests uh, and registries in the past year. Our allies would be wise to join us in enlisting the help of elected officials who are crucial to ensuring a Trump administration never put forward a Muslim registry. If such a guarantee cannot 
be extracted from Trump. And if we fail to persuade elected officials to get on our side to shelve this plan, our allies must join us in an on-the-ground fight. The point is critical. You must be prepared to show up if we need to take direct action, including participation in protests and sit-ins. And finally, our allies must be ready to donate money to legal funds that will challenge any such registry if it's ever openly flouted again, like the ACLU and Muslim Legal Fund of America. Muslims only make up about 1% of the U.S. population. We're a tiny minority on this land, in this land, and our survival depends on those who support our rights as we support theirs. Many of us come from countries where we've witnessed ethnic cleansing, myself included, and this is the author writing, and what's, in, what's happening in the U.S. feels eerily similar. This measure is another step in the de dehumanization of Muslims. The process started years ago. September 11th only accelerated it. Any registry will just contribute to the dangerous perception that Muslims aren't really American or are dangerous to the nation. We are painted as lesser beings who are actively engaged in hurting the country. This is how the groundwork for ethnic cleansing and genocide is laid out. You are first dehumanized to the point where your life loses all importance. Then, when you are turned into the enemy responsible for everyone's misery, your neighbors see nothing wrong with murdering you and trampling your body. The same people who called you called friends won't flinch when the government places you in concentration camps on your own soil. And in the most extreme cases, you might find yourself in a gas chamber. If Muslim Americans and Muslims in America are to stop being terrified and to feel safe in this country, we need all the assistance we can get. If our dehumanization is to cease, then the Muslim registry must never become a reality. Vowing to register for a potential registry down the road isn't the ideal situation, but there are ways you can help and you can start right now. So thank you, Josh Shahar, Shahariar, for writing this. And again, you can find this article at theestablishment.co. Ah, yes. All right. Whew. So we're coming to the end of the program. And um, there is, of course, fucking just hospitals being bombed in Syria. And I feel like, a, I mean, that's kind of like the way this fucking world works. It's, uh, there's so much fucking shit happening. And that's, <laughs> and that's just, I mean, whoa. And looking for, I want to look for some, like, accurate, um, news coverage of what, what's happening there, but more uh, hospitals like the, in Aleppo like have been bombed, like fucking hospitals being bombed. And then, you know, looking, looking into, you know, we were hearing about this, this, this Muslim registry and how like what was put into place ends up causing more terrorism and like how that's what fucking happened with ISIS. And like, that's what happened when they fucking, the U S fucking decide to invade another country. They create more terrorists fuck why is dick cheney like not and, and I, i'm a prison abolitionist but if prisons are still gonna be around put fucking dick cheney in there put carl rove in there put them in there um so on november 23rd in democracy now a nothing short of a slaughter one million syrians in aleppo under siege with no hospital or food so this is happening right fucking now fuck um i'm gonna play a clip of this video Today in Syria, where the United Nations is warning nearly one million Syrians are living under siege, double the number last year. The vast majority, 850,000 people, are being blockaded by the Syrian government. On Monday, the UN Human Rights Agency said civilians trapped in eastern Aleppo, where the last hospitals have been destroyed by Syrian government bombing, Spokesperson Rupert Colville said the attacks on hospitals, if proven deliberate and as part of a systematic pattern, could amount to war crimes. The situation in eastern Aleppo is really 
so horrendous. I mean, it's beyond words. I think we're all struggling to, to say anything new about it because it's so unremittingly awful, despite the occasional let-ups. Uh, overall, the picture is horrendous, and the fact that these hospitals and clinics have continu continuously been hit uh, is a matter of very, very grave concern. The World Health Organization says the Syrian government's intense bombing campaign against eastern Aleppo has damaged and shut down the area's only remaining hospitals, leaving 250,000 people trapped without access to medical care. Doctors warn the damaged hospitals may not be able to reopen. This comes as Syrian government forces have surrounded eastern Aleppo, which is rapidly running out of food, fuel and water. Meanwhile, on Sunday, the government of Bashar al-Assad said it had rejected a proposal by the UN Special Envoy for Syria, which called for eastern Aleppo to be granted autonomy if jihadist fighters linked to al-Qaeda withdrew and the fighting stopped. Well, for more, we're joined by two guests. In Chicago, Dr. Zahir Sahlul right. is so founder— we're running out of time here. You can find— uh, you can find more of that here at uh, Democracy Now, uh, democracynow.org. Oh, fuck. Um, if this is a Friday and you're listening to this, um, there'll be a show after this. Uh, I know Global Val will be setting out this Friday, the, uh, the 25th. Um, again, this holiday that just happened, depending on when you're listening to this, um, it's not really a fucking holiday. And things are becoming more and more clear, and that's one thing. I tried really hard to look for the positive things, and it's really hard when we live with so much war and violence and hatred and people are just tearing each other down and um, to recognize that more people are waking up, more people are taking action and grateful for that for sure. Just want to make sure that people remember we need to attack the system and not each other and create new ways of being. However, that's going to be uh, question authority. Don't trust the fucking cops. Those are my words of wisdom for, for us all here. Thank you so much for listening and thanks for being a good person. I mean, I, I still believe everyone's born good. Um, capitalism ruins it for the most of us. Um, be kind to each other and be nice to each other and love each other. Forgive if you're able. Um, get revenge on, you know, 